0: Danny Flexen here for Seconds Out, delighted to be joined by our highly esteemed trainer Tony Sims, uh, right near the end of the year. Tony, how you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Daniel.
0: Yeah? yeah, yeah, good. I imagine you haven't been back long from the US. Where, when did you uh, land?
1: Uh, when was it? The 20th, so what's it? The 22nd today, yeah, isn't it? A yeah. couple of days. Yeah.
0: Good. Just about getting through the jet lag now.
1: Jet lag, yeah. Doing a bit of isolation period.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. Forget about that, Mm. yeah. Well, at least it's Christmas.
1: (laughs) I know, yeah.
0: Um, It's been an interesting year. Obviously, the pandemic's disrupted boxing as it has normal life for lots of people. You've had a bit of an up and down one because you've had some fighters who've had really pivotal fights this year and then you've had others who haven't fought at all. How do you assess 2020 as a whole for for your team?
1: Um, Yeah, like you say, yeah, it's been a... It's been a bit of a strange year not just for me but for everybody um you know it's been a slow year because the ones that have boxed have only sort of boxed once anyway so whereas they normally have like minimum say three fights in a year they've only boxed once so it's been a very slow year and um you know hopefully 2021 is a better year for everybody
0: You've had some fighters who've taken quite big steps forward this year, having said that Ted Cheeseman was obviously in the first headline fight at fight camp, which got a lot of attention, understandably. What what did you make of that? And also, since then, he's been nominated to fight for that British title again.
1: Yeah, Um as we know, he—I thought he was unlucky against uh, Scottsfield Sheriff for the British title. It was a good fight, but I just thought Ted Edge did it that night. But um, so I think that he got his just reward when he uh, boxed him again. It was a great fight, as you say. It was the first headline fight on Fight Camp. No one really knew what to expect uh, on that first show, but um, you know he's probably contender for fight of the year. And they—they they put everything on the line with no crowd there, and. Uh, it was a great fight and a great win for Ted. And uh, it's put him in the uh, in position to contest the British title against James Metcalf, which I think will be another great fight between two good fighters. And you've got John Ryder, who you've just um,
0: returned from the US with, got that unanimous decision over Mike Goyer. Must have felt a little bit in some ways like an anti-climax. A lot of people felt he's unlucky not to be a world champion at this point after the Callum Smith result last year. But he went out and still got the job done in in good fashion. I suppose that's what professionals do, right?
1: Yeah, it it was a strange one because obviously... Uh, providing Canelo beat Smith, then uh, then the WBA regular title become vacant. And, and then John Ryder is going to fight, as I know, uh, Feder the, the Tudinov in April for that regular title. So he knew that going into the fight. Uh, I'd looked at Mike Guy on uh, on video, a couple of fights on video. He beat Dennis Duglin uh, a couple of fights back. And he also had a great fight with... Um, what's the guy's name who, who had a good fight with Glockin? A lot of people thought he won. He's Glocken's last fight. What's uh,
0: his name? Not Zerometa, obviously. Um, so before that, a good off him fight. A lot. Yeah. Uh,
1: but anyway, Mike guy had a great fight with him and uh, he had a really good fight and ended up getting oh, stopped in the last round. That's him. Derevyanchenko. <laughs> minute. Yeah. He had a great fight with him and uh, he got stopped in the last round. But so when I watched tapes of him, they offered me the fight. I was saying to John, right, this kid, he comes to fight. You know, he's a strong little fighter and he comes forward. So, you know, the first couple of rounds, looked to counter punch him and use your feet. And he was total opposite. He just <laughs> like, he were not he weren't no better than having a journeyman. He just didn't want to interact. He didn't want to engage in anything. He didn't throw any punches for the whole fight. It was like one of them fights where, John couldn't really get into the fight, you know, he was just chasing him around the ring. And, uh, but as you say, it was like just, just getting the win, getting over the line, getting a fight this year because he obviously ain't fought for 13 months. And then just really concentrating on the Tudorneff fight for the WBA regular, which should be in April.
0: And that should be a bit more suitable for John Starwise. I mean, you never know, Tudorneff could come out and get on the back foot just like Mike Guy did, but it seems less likely. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And you don't know what fighters are going to do. Do you know what I mean? You can watch as many tapes as you want of, a, of an opponent and then they can come out totally different. I remember it happened with John with uh, Sorokin when we, um, yeah. when we watched him in all his fights, he boxed Southpaw. And then when he boxed John, he was orthodox yeah. for the whole fight. So I know you've got to adjust and be professional, obviously, and that's what John's done. But he don't make for a good fight still. You know, like the other night, it was like not a good fight to watch. But it's just about, I mean, John went, won every round and got the fight done. But, you know, the guy just didn't want to know. I mean, as soon as John got near him, he just grabbed him for dear life. You know what I mean? So what can you do when someone don't want to fight? tudenoff
0: should be good. British fans know him quite well. He's got a generally aggressive style. And it's a winnable fight for John as well and gets him right back up there on the world stage.
1: Yeah, it's a great fight for John. I think, you know, everything happens for a reason. Look, 90% of people thought John beat Callum Smith that night. And, you know, should have been the one in the ring with Canelo, really. But, you know, fast forward it to now, and, you know, he's got a great opportunity to pick up a, a, a regular a WBA regular title, even though it's the regular belt. Because when you think of it... Um, Canelo's holding two of the belts now you, you know probably they're going to make they're talking about making the Billy Joe fight so there's three belts that ain't, ain't about it gives John a lot of choice if he picks up the WBA regular it gives him a lot of choice in you know people wanting to fight him instead of people not wanting to fight him you know and the big opponents will want to fight him because there's not much choice other than fighting Canelo in that division and Canelo just picks who he wants to fight so apart from Canelo, there's really only going to be like Caleb Plant and John to actually contest the world title. So he could be in a great position like for the rest of the year, you know, because you got like Danny Jacobs fight. He's obviously a big fight. David is still a big fight. So you've got big fights out there for John, providing he comes through in April. What did you make of Callum Smith's
0: performance against Canelo? It was obviously the night after John against Mike Guaya. What, what did you think of it?
1: Um, I never watched it, obviously, because we was flying at the time. So flying back to the UK, So I never watched it till the morning. So I knew the result anyway. It, was done always. it ain't always a good thing to know that. But um, I just thought Canelo, I, I said to Eddie on the night before, because he said to me, what do you think? And I said, I just think Canelo's is going to outclass him and outpoint him over 12 rounds. I think Callum Smith's a game kid. But, you know, Canelo's in a league of his own. You know, he just shows you what he's all about when you watch him with the likes of Callum, who we know is a really good fighter. But he's just in a league of his own. He just made it look an easy night, an easy night boxing. He was hitting him when he wanted to hit him. Callum Smith couldn't really land anything on him. And it just shows you what sort of league he's in. And the only one really who's competitive with him at the minute is, uh, is, is Triple G. And, you know like we've seen them two fights they were both really good fights really close fights and he's really the only one who can compete with him
0: let's talk about conor ben he's been kind of universally praised as one of the most improved fighters in britain over the last year i think he credits you in large part for that improvement i think a lot of people do how do you feel about that and, and how do you think he's come on
1: yeah, he's he's improved. You know, he's he's massively improved. And um, you know, I I have spent a hell of a lot of time with him because you know he never come out of the GB camp like most of my fighters have. And um, you know, he was a raw he was a raw novice really when he started with me. But you know, all credit to him, he's he's put the graft in. You know, he's had to do everything. You know that he's been told, which he does do. You know, and he, um, he's a hell of a hard trainer in the gym. You know, he, he trains so hard, that kid, and um, he puts everything into everything you teach him. And it don't matter how many hours you, sh- you spend with him, he goes home, thinks about it, works on it, comes back the next day, you know, and um, I, 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 I do believe now that he's frogged everyone in Britain because, look, he was supposed to be fighting for the British title against Chris Jenkins and um, he got mandated for that and the fight couldn't be done you know it was politics in this game that the fight couldn't be done and we we wanted that fight we actually wanted to do it on fight camp the fight couldn't be made and Connor said to me I want to fight above british level now you know I've tried to fight someone who's british champion but I want to fight above british level so we got him a world level opponent now." Nah. He made, I, I thought he made um, Formella uh, look an easier fight than Sean Porter had with Formella, even though Porter still won every round. Um, you know, I think he'd done a better job. You know, I thought he had, he had Formella in trouble a couple of times late on in the fight. And you got to realise that Formella beat a really, really good South African. I think it was the fight before that, or the one before that, and the South African had knocked had knocked uh, Miguel Vasquez out in a night round with a body shot. I mean, who does that to Vasquez? You know, you know, Formella beat the South African for the IBO title. So it shows you how many levels that Conor Ben's actually stepped up. You know, and I think, as I say, I think he's leapfrogged everyone in Britain. The only two, the only two he hasn't obviously is uh, Josh Kelly. And uh, obviously, Carol Brook, everybody else, he's, he's massively leapfrogged, all of them, you know. Saying, oh, I think he's ready for, like, Chris Jenkins or Chris Congo. I mean, that, they've not fought nowhere near the level that Conor ben fought against Formella the other day, nowhere near. So, you know, I think he's leapfrogged all them sort of fighters.
0: Does that worry you at all, though? That he's now at that sort of level, but they're still learning to be done. Would you like to see him at domestic level a little bit, just to get those rounds in and to get that different styles and all that sort of stuff?
1: Not really, because I just think like the way the way the people he spars with, and the way the way I've been watching him in the gym, I think he's ready for fringe level. Uh, you know, uh, boxing there. I, I always believed that He, he was above everyone in British level. And that's why we were so eager to take the Chris Jenkins fight because I believe that he would have beat him quite convincingly. But, you know, he's made that leap now and he's made that jump. And, um, can you see me, Dan?
0: Yeah. yeah it's right.
1: <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. He's made that leap now. You know, he took the gamble. He boxed the guy who was, you know, on, on world level. And, um, you know, he, he's made that gamble and, um, you know he's uh, he's won the fight convincingly, you know, and you know he's going to go on to box fringe level world fighters now, you know, names, and uh, that's what we're looking at for uh, his next fight. Do you think
0: maybe the winner of Kelly against Avanesian European title because that's early in the new year?
1: Yeah, I think Conor will probably be boxing in March, so oh, right. you know, he, I'm waiting to hear his ne- next opponent will be, but he will be a name and somebody that you know, he's in that, in that top 20, say, in the world and uh, everybody knows. And, uh, you know, as I say, Kelly's got to come through the fight with Avincia and that's, that's, a, that's an odd fight for Kelly. And, um, you know, I'm hoping he does come through it because at some stage next year, I don't know it, when it will be, at some stage that if he does come through, that'll be a blockbuster fight between Conor Ben and Josh Kelly.
0: It's the new Brook, isn't it? <laughs> Just hopefully it happens.
1: It's the new Calm Brook, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously terms have got to be right on both sides, and you know, it's got to be at the right time. Um, you know, the good thing is that they're both on the match room, so um, you know, the fight can be made. But like we, you know, we obviously both teams have got to be ready for that fight. You know, I believe it could be a box office fight, mm. so you know, it just depends how. Kelly comes through his fight in January. How uh, uh, Conor Ben comes through his next fight because it's always on the last fight it's how you perform, how you both come through. So, but it's a it's a mouth watering fight between them two, and it's a clash of not just styles but personalities. I think as well, they're like complete polar opposites of each other. You've got
0: two super featherweights in the gym, both former GB amateurs both in the IBF top 10. Uh, Martin J. Ward fought at the start of the year, um, but we haven't seen him since. Joe Cordina hasn't been in action since the end of last year. Is that frustrating or is that a side of it that they're both here comfortably in the world rankings now? There's no, they don't need to rush necessarily.
1: Well, you know, because of this, because of this lockdown and COVID, you know, it's been, it's been a bad year for everyone in, in activity wise, but, um, there's been reasons behind behind them to not fight. And uh, Martin's waiting for a big fight to come up. It's looking like now he's going to fight Tevin Farmer in the final eliminator for the IBF title, which um, Eddie's telling me it's looking like the end of February. He's just waiting to announce a few shows for that. So that that should be Martin's next fight, I believe. And then Joe Caldina... Um, He's, he's had an hand operation on his right metacarpal bone and uh, he had that in July. So I knew that he was going to be out for quite some time after that but um, Eddie he, he's, he started training again where he is in Wales and um, he's saying his hand feels fine now. He started to punch with it. So um, Eddie said he'd be looking to get him out in a 10 round fight in March. So that's the reason why Joe's been, been inactive because of the hand operation. So um, you know that's that's the next two things that's going to happen with him too, and then obviously if Martin beats Farmer, um, which is a hard fight because I think it's going to be out in the states as well that fight, then obviously he puts himself in line for the mandatory for JoJo Diaz, and then with Joe, I think he'll get a ten rounder in March, and then you know we'll start pushing him onto world level fights later on in the year. And although he's not.
0: Um, your fighter per se, Craig Richards, does train in your gym. Your brother's his head trainer. Did it give you a, a sense of pride when he won the British title last week?
1: Yeah, I was so pleased for Craig. You know, because as you say, he trains in my gym. My brother, my brother, he's my brother's only fighter. So um, I was happy for both of them. You know, I was happy because if you know, you know, Pete's put a lot of work in with Craig over the years, and you know, Craig's. Craig's a great, great guy. He's a really nice fellow, and everybody, you know, he's got a lot of time for Craig. And um, you know, he, he he wanted to, you know, win that British belt. Obviously, he's around a lot of British champions, or even more than that, in, in my gym. And he, you know, he they have a little laugh and a joke with him. You know what I mean? Saying like, you need to win a major belt to be be in the gym with us, but. Um, you know, he's gone out there and he's done it in style as well. You know, he's not Shaq and Pitters out, who a lot of people were speaking highly of. You know, he was the underdog going into the fight, but, you know, he just showed what he was all about. You know, he's a good fighter, Craig. And, um, yeah, as I said, I was so happy for a pair of them.
0: What's been your personal highlight of 2020 boxing-wise?
1: Well, as in my gym or...
0: Yeah, well, just what, what's made you happiest or proudest in boxing during the year?
1: I'm just proud of all my fighters that they've, you know, stuck to They've stuck to their boxing and they've been in the gym regularly, even though there's been nothing happening for them, you know. And that, and that takes a lot of professionalism to be able to do that. You know, um, I think uh, Felix Cash looked really impressive in his fight with Jason Wellborn. And um, the purse bids go out for his fight against Denzel Bentley in January. So I'm excited about that fight. I really think uh, Felix is a good fighter and can be a top middleweight in, in this country. Um, you know, as I said earlier, Ted done brilliant coming through his fight at Vegas, and so he's got a British title next. You know, Connor Ben's done brilliant in his fight. So in um, John Ryder's got you know got the win and got a world title fight coming up in april and i just said martin ward and joe cordina what they're doing so i'm pretty pleased really with the way things have gone through the year for my fighters even though it's not been an active one but they've stayed in the gym they've stayed professional you know next year they've all got big things to look forward to next year they've all got big fights to look forward to you know which i'm happy about and they've just got to keep training and being professional about what they're doing and get the wins and move themselves up the ladder.
0: So, you know, I knew I'd missed someone out, but I thought it was Ricky Burns. <laughs> it was Felix Cash as well. And I actually get on yeah. really well with him, so I feel bad now. Um, but That's yeah, right. we'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> um, outside of your gym, who's your British fighter of the year?
1: British fighter of the year, uh, it's probably got to be uh Josh Taylor I think you know he's unified the titles you know he's had an, he's had, he defended against his man Terry and you know at a first win first round win you know so he's um you know he's got to be really the fighter of the year um but obviously there ain't been that many fights so <laughs> it's hard, it's a bit of an hard one really but you know I think he's he's been outstanding and I think if he fights Ramirez for, to unify the titles, you've got to really think that um, that he beats Ramirez, you know, and, you know, and wins all the, all the all the belts, really.
0: And who's been your fighter of the year outside Britain?
1: Obviously Canelo, you know. Although as we say again, he's not been active, but like the fight against Callum Smith, we all know what a good fighter Callum Smith is. You know, twenty-seven and oh, you know, with all them knockouts, and he just made him look ordinary, really. And that's that's the brilliance of Canelo. You know, I've said for years he's my favorite fighter, and he is the Pan Pan King as well. And uh, you know, just to watch him, you know, it's, it's such an enjoyment just to watch him go to work. And um, and to be honest as well, watching Golotkin up close, we had a great seat after John's fight. And we was up close to the ring and just watching Glock in live up that close, you realise what a great fighter he is. And we, our dressing rooms was next to each other. So he invited us into his dressing room afterwards. And what a lovely man as well, you know, having a little chat afterwards and real gentleman. So it was great to watch him up close. And, um, he's invited us over to Big Bear, wherever we go, I don't know, but it's lovely for him to invite us over. And, uh, he obviously follows all his boxing and he knew John and everything about him. It, and they had a nice chat and that was, a, that was a great thing to end the year with as well.
0: well if John spars in before the Tudinov fight, it'd be a walk in the park, wouldn't it? In comparison.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said he might come to the UK. I don't know whether he's going to come to be just for a trip over here or whether he's thinking of fighting here again, but he said he, he, he might be planning to come to the UK, which would be great.
0: I'd love to see what he makes of Little Wally. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's the best fight you've seen this year?
1: The best fight? Um, That's an odd one, the best fight this year. There's there's been a few good ones uh, this year. Um, Probably I enjoyed on a personal level Ted Cheser and the Sam Eggert and I think that could be possibly British fight of the year, especially in the circumstances as well, where it was the first show. We didn't know what to expect. No fans there. And it was still an absolute barnstormer for, for TV fans. So probably that that fight there was on a personal level was a great fight. Um, yeah, that's it. Then, Before I let
0: you go, Christmas only a few days away now. Everyone looking forward to their turkey dinners burning question on all our lips are you still plant-based
1: no i'm not i uh (laughs) i was plant-based for a long time but the the covid messed it up for me really because uh at first it was like you was having food deliveries weren't you you know when we was all in lockdown you was having you was having food deliveries and it was like the plant-based was pretty hard to to survive on so we started ordering um, meat and uh, but even though now even though I'm eating meat again but I'm not eating you know I probably eat it twice a week out of the seven days so it's not like it was before when you know I was continuously eating meat but I prefer to st- stick with fish really and uh, you know as much plant based as possible but I must admit in Florida we took a bit of a liberty one night um, with Matrim's, uh credit card <laughs> We'd done, we ordered a load of ribs and buffalo wings and just went to town on it. <laughs>
0: Presumably, that was after the fight.
1: Yeah, after the fight, yeah. <laughs>
0: Does Eddie know or is he going to find out about this for the first time watching the video?
1: No, I told him. I told him. I nicked, uh, I nicked Mason's card off him, the cameraman, and I was, uh, it was a match room card. And I said, We run up with a bill of $200 on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he can afford it. He can afford it. It's all right.
1: Yeah, I don't think he looks too bothered about it. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, Tony, I hope you have a, a great Christmas, or as good as it can be under the circumstances. And I'm sure we'll catch up in 2021, which will be better for everyone, we hope.
1: Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, Dan. And uh, look forward to it, mate.
0: Take care, mate. And I'll speak to you
1: soon. See Dan. Happy Christmas, mate. God bless, good mate.